Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast. Welcome to episode 51. What? We're going to be talking about motherhood in the digital age with Liz Bandy. So that will be coming up momentarily. Stick around for that. In the meantime, a couple of Nature Unplugged updates. What do we have going on? Well, a lot. A lot is going on. It's happening. Things are coming back. Pandemic's mellowing out, hopefully, ASAP. And uh, we got a few things coming up. So first and foremost, right around the corner, we have a Nature Unplugged retreat, a digital detox retreat taking place in Mammoth Lakes, California. It's a really beautiful area if you have not been there in the Eastern Sierra Mountains. Extremely, extremely beautiful and a wonderful place to spend a few days completely unplugged, a little digital detox. So we have an amazing... Uh, amazing place we're staying at up there. It's like five-star accommodation, really incredible. And we're going to be doing this trip from Thursday, May 13th to Monday, May 17th. This is going to be a digital detox retreat. We're going to do things like snowshoeing, lake hopping, you know, a little cold water action, maybe some hot spring dipping, definitely some hiking, yoga, mindfulness, and of course, our Nature Unplugged curriculum will be mixed into it. Uh, there's going to be more information, or there is more information, up on our website, www.natureunplugged.com. Check it out. Space is very limited, so we've got a few spots left, though, for this amazing, amazing digital detox experience. So check it out on the website. Also, in other news, we are unveiling, unveiling, unrolling, rolling out, whatever you want to call it, a new wellness program and we're super excited about this. We've been working on this for a long time and it's launching in June, so in, a, in about a month and a half. It's called the Enu Wellness Program. And basically this is a three month program that combines coaching with outdoor adventures, uh, a really intentional kind of building of, of some of our curriculum from our book and uh, it's gonna be a really cool thing. We're gonna keep the numbers really small. So this is one-on-one work. Most of it's focused on adolescents, teens, young adults, and their families. So if you are, uh, if you have a son or daughter or know a friend who is struggling with wellness in the digital age, struggling with gaming too much, social media uh, you know, overuse, any of those things this program is made for you and again there's going to be there's a lot more details on our website check out www.natureunplugged i will put a link to both the mammoth retreat and the wellness program in the show notes so that's it for our nature unplugged updates here we go we're going to talk to liz bandy all things motherhood in the digital age let's get going Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast. I'm excited for this episode. We have a special guest. Uh, we're going to be talking about all about motherhood in the digital age with our dear friend, Liz Bandy. Liz, welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you. So this episode is dedicated really to all the moms out there, right? With Mother's Day coming up right around the corner, Sunday night, Sunday, May 9th. This is very exciting. It's coming up. Uh, we're going to highlight motherhood in the digital age and talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, the whole kind of experience. So uh, we're going to be talking with you, Liz, an all-star mom and mother of two. And I'm excited to talk to hear about your experiences, uh, both being a mother and being in a partnership and a marriage and a full-time worker as well. It's a lot going on. Yeah, sounds good. It's a fun topic, actually. And I think it's a nice time to kind of bring it up and address it and um, talk about some of the challenges and opportunities. Totally. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it, too. So I want to, before we dive in, I want to just say that we have, we're friends. We've known you and your husband, Riley, for a long time, Sonny and I. Actually, you know, this is kind of a cool nature unplugged full circle, but one of my, I think one of my first times I ever went camping was with your husband, Riley, my dear friend, and his dad, Tom. I was, mm-hmm. I was probably like eight years old or something like that. So oh anyway. That is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Fun facts. I've known Riley forever. And, um, but I wanted to start off with just sharing. So could you just share a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from, generally what you do and that kind of thing? Yeah. So um, I'm from outside of Boston. Um, I went to school in Baltimore and I went to grad school in Chicago. So I lived in cities for a while. And um, after getting a journalism degree, I've worked in various capacities um, in mainly content creation, some reporting, some content marketing, um, have worked for magazines, online publications, and um, all kinds of related media things. Um, So a very kind of like plugged in um, type of work, I would say. (laughs) Right, right. And you, I, we know, Sonia and I know from personal experience that you are an all-star at what you do and with writing and, and editing and all that stuff. You want to say full disclosure that you helped us edit uh, our book, Experience Nature Unplugged, and we were very grateful for your, so you're hip to sort of what we do and you, you rocked it. So thank you. Yeah, it's a really good book for anyone listening who hasn't read it yet. <laughs> Thanks for the, uh, <laughs> the shout out. Okay, um, cool. So from the East Coast. And then what brought you out to San Diego? So I moved to San Diego in 2012. Um, Riley and I met in Chicago and we got engaged and he had, um, right before getting engaged, moved back to San Diego. And then uh, he inspired and encouraged me to follow him to the West Coast. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And uh, we're very excited that you, you made the trip out West. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. And so you how long have you how long have you all been married? Uh you don't have to exist. So we got married in 2013. Yeah. 2013. So we got okay. married. Got it. And then and then you have two kids. Do you mind just sharing about so we dive into the motherhood thing a little bit? Do you mind sharing just a little bit about your, your kiddos? Yeah. So we have two girls. Um they are five and two, and they're little bundles of energy, um, as I'm sure (laughs) you can attest to, um, Sebastian, they, um, yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're both like really curious, really energetic, um, busy kids. And it's been a really weird time being their mom. Um, 
the last year or so with everything um, going on in the world. Uh, but they've definitely, you know, kept us kind of grounded and focused. And I guess it's been kind of a fun time too, um, to be a parent. So, um, but yeah, two little girls keeping us very busy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's really, it's fascinating because I mean, not only is this, I think a challenging time to raise kids just because of the, the amount of, of digital distractions and screens and all that time and all that stuff. And you add on top of that this past year of the pandemic, obviously, and it just ramps things up uh, so much. And it's interesting because, you know, Sonia and I, most of the people we work with or the young people we work with are a bit older, you know, uh, teens or young adults. And so your kids are a bit, quite a bit younger. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just curious to hear like some of the, what have been some of the biggest challenges of parenting in the, in this digital age? I mean, I think the biggest thing is monitoring all of the technology use and kind of consumption. And that's been especially hard during the pandemic because we've just been pulled in so many different directions and with schools being closed and different things and the kids home and everybody trying to do <laughs> everything that they need to get done. Um, it's hard. Like I was talking with a friend of mine at the beginning of the pandemic who is a reporter and he was saying that, um, and he's a dad and he was saying a friend of his had previously had a screen time limit in their house of 30 minutes. And in the pandemic, he was like trying to keep it under 10 hours. And like, that wasn't <laughs> to be a joke. That was like serious, you know, yeah. um, just because the TV kind of became like, a distraction for the kids and a helpful way for us to then be able to do what we needed to do, um, you know, when we weren't able to have childcare as we normally would. Um, so I think just like keeping tabs on what they're watching on TV specifically um, can be challenging. And then just with so many devices now, it's like we have an Alexa in our house and I shouldn't even say that out loud because we'll get some type of response, <laughs> but it's like, you know, the kids engage with that. Um, very consistently. And, you know, it's fun for them to play music and engage with, but there's also a time where you want to kind of focus them and, and turn that off. So I would say that's one of the challenging things. Another thing I think just being a parent is you never feel like you can fully unplug if the kids are under someone else's watch. So, um, you know, when they're at school, I always feel like I should be on call just in case something were to happen. So, I know, you know, we've talked in the past about some ways to unplug and setting your devices aside. And um, I think it can be hard to ever fully do that, you know, when the kids like aren't home with us. Um, and then I think another challenging thing is that the technology just starts from the very beginning. It's like, as soon as you become a parent, it's like, now you need a baby monitor and there's a video right, right. and it's all these things that you're like sort of made to think that you need. Um, and getting pretty far away from the basics pretty quickly. You know, it's like there's an app to like track when the baby has a bottle and right. those types of things. So it starts really early. Um, and I think it's, it can be hard or, or it can be, yeah, just hard to, I think, manage all of those different things that are available. Um, and people encourage you to use. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, one thing that strikes me too, is that uh, there's it, they're so your kids are young and they're so good with technology. Like, I think this is, this is just how it's made too. It's just something that, that is, um, and I think there's a pro to that and kind of a, 
a con to that as well. And I want to say just Liz before that wasn't really a question, but I wanted to say that I want to point out that as you know, we are not anti-tech, right? And there is certainly uh, a time and a place, um, right, with a with a parent of young children. Like you can't fully, we totally get that that you can't fully unplug. But there's, you know, I think you've been really cool to talking with us about ways that you can, you know, maybe just do it partially or or you know do it as best you can. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think, I mean, yeah, it's not like we're trying to like, you know, like leave our phone at home all weekend or whatever. Um, but it, it would be, I mean, it would be nice. And I think it is nice to sort of like experience balance and set some boundaries for, you know, where, where technology is helpful and welcome and, and then where these devices are, you know, distracting and, and not, providing a good influence, I think, on our house and family. Right. Yeah, well said. And so I imagine, right, the the, the story about your friend with this, the I, this we heard this from a lot of parents, like screen time just goes out the window with the pandemic. Yeah. It was like, not even, it was, yeah, not even a thing to kind of consider monitoring anymore. And I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that that the pandemic also maybe opened up some opportunities for you to have potentially more it's just sort of quality time, I guess, outside of work with your kids, just because other stuff was closed down or there were just like, I think less options of things to do. Was that the case for you, for you all? Um, I definitely think, yeah, it was like a good opportunity for us to do lots of things outdoors, which we're fortunate to be able to have nice weather and a lot of, you know, outdoor spaces that are accessible. Um, and spend a lot of time with family and not be so, I mean, we just, yeah, we had to go back to like basic activities, which was actually pretty fun, you know, like yeah. Riley had a tent set up in the backyard and we called it like, you know, summer camp bandy. And <laughs> it was <just> like, <laughs> it was fun. A lot of outdoor stuff. <laughs> That's really cool. Would they, would y'all stay out there overnight or was it more like kind of a daytime refuge from the um I think it was mostly during the day. We've done it a couple yeah. times in the yard overnight, but um yeah, usually we cut back in for the <laughs> the comforts of home. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. It's hard, I mean, it's hard to camp when it's easier when you're far away from the uh comforts of you know the conveniences of you know modern day living. Yeah. Um okay, so you talked about some of the the challenges of parenting or motherhood in the in the digital age. And you, I think you touched on this a little bit, but what are what are some of the biggest success, successes that you've had uh, around sort of motherhood and, and digital and screen time and all that? One thing that I think is interesting and fun is the kids are just as engaged with other activities as they are with, you know, media. Um, it's just a matter of like setting them up for those opportunities. So we're lucky where right. we have neighbors who have kids that are similarly aged and so the kids all kind of pal around together and make up little games and have tea parties and do all kinds of things that are just like fun and really kind of basic and they don't need a lot of like equipment or anything like that um we also love to just take walks like we have a little trail in our area where the kids like to walk and we'll walk to like a destination or We've actually used the scavenger hunts that you and Sonia have created, um, which are available um, for download. And, and it's fun to give a little bit of structure to those types of things too. And I think like right. one of the successes is you don't have to just say like, go play outside. I mean, kids will figure it out and they'll find ways to occupy themselves, but 
it's nice to kind of have an activity together where we're have a destination or have like some sense of purpose in what we're doing. Um, I think that gives them a little more like kind of, um, just like guardrails around whatever it is. And it makes them more engaged with what we're doing. Cause they know kind of here's the roadmap, um, and have a sense of expectation. So, totally. uh, yeah, we've liked doing all of that. I'm trying to think of what else they, I mean, they love playing outside. They could do it yeah. for hours. Like sometimes we have to like call them in cause it's like <laughs> dinner has been ready for an hour. <laughs> yeah. I remember we, we came over just recently and, I have a very strong visual of driving into your neighbor neighborhood and it was like a full on, uh, it was just like kid mania, kid mania, you know, people, kids running around all over the place. I had to drive obviously very cautiously, but it was really cool to see that community. And I think as people are coming out of the pandemic, that's now an option, but the community and the outdoor play, and then your, your girls running around, they're like both barefoot, just charging around like maniacs. It was great to see them. Yeah, it's nice because they really do like all of that. And I think, it, you know, even when given an option, they, I, I mean, I don't know, I guess I would have to do a little like experiment and see if I ask them, do you want to like watch a show or go play outside? I don't right. know if they would necessarily choose the show. It's like if if their friends are out, they want to be social and they want to hang out. So um, that's been encouraging for me to see. Yeah, that is that is very cool. And that's something that we see too, I think, with, some of the older kiddos is like there's initially well it doesn't sound like with with your girls this is really case but there's often an, an initial pushback to the nature stuff but then once or to those types of non-screen activities but then once the engagement like after a few minutes and they're engaged it's totally that other stuff is kind of out the window and they're fully present fully there and want to keep going you know, yeah that's yeah pretty cool yeah i am um, it, yeah, it's really cool to see. I'm just, yeah, it's, they're rambunctious little characters. Um, what, what are some, I think you, you spoke to this a little bit, but um, are there any like particular unplugged act- activities that you've had success with? Is that like kind of like the, you said, like having things that have a purpose, like uh, scavenger hunts and things like that. Is that kind of what's been helped, what's been successful? Yeah, I think some of the more structured activities, I mean, I'm talking a lot about things that are outside, but there are plenty of things that we do in our house too that are not like a technology-related activity. Um, And, you know, like I've been trying to include the girls, like when I'm making dinner, for example, and try to teach them and show them, like, here are the different ingredients that we use to make pesto, you know, like something simple so that they can kind of see and understand and help and have a hands-on activity um, and helping to prepare dinner and, you know, not necessarily things that like have to be chores, but they would just as soon enjoy like coloring and, you know, all types of things that are like considered more analog. I think Um, it's just a matter of like setting it up for them. And I think that's the challenging part is that we're really busy. So making time to say, I'm going to take 30 minutes and do this, or I'm going to you know, (laughs) print out some pictures for them to color. They love to like print out their own, pick out their own coloring pages, and then they'll sit and color for, um, especially the older one, you know, for a long time, which is nice to see too, that it doesn't just have to be like a show all the time. Totally. What do you, what do you, you, are are they called downloads or printouts or what do you call them at your house? 
Yeah, I mean, we call them coloring pages. I mean, coloring pages, that's right. Yeah, that's my right. older daughter calls them copies. Yeah, she's copies. Like, that's right. That's right. Was... It's funny because it's like she doesn't differentiate between like, a copy, a copy, <laughs> printout, or whatever. But um, yeah, they like all of that. You know, they like to be creative. Um, so just providing activities where they can do that is, I think, it. I just I'm always happier when I do that for them and have a plan and set it up. And sometimes it requires me to go out of my way like in the earlier part of the day so that it's not just like the default activity is like you know getting in front of the screen right so it's all about preparation and that's I think the, probably the challenge with so much going on is like how do you how do you create that that time to do that but it's, it's I mean I'll just say from our experience of, of visiting it's really amazing to see when we come over there's like pictures of the, the copies all over the wall and <laughs> it's like a full-on art museum you know and there's there's coloring going on and analog games and then you too like as you you spoke to this but I think it's important to give you a shout out uh a special shout out for your cooking skills and you you're like you're like something simple like pesto I was like I don't even know what's in pesto <laughs> but there I mean it, you do a great job of I think like embracing that process and it's really cool that you can get the uh the kiddos involved in that and that and I think it's so important as you said to have them feel like they're they're contributing to the meal or part of the team um and I think you know it's just really cool to see that thanks yeah we have fun with it and giving them a sense of purpose and something to do like a job I think any parent would agree um is really helpful and it makes it it sets them up for success too to be able to do some things that are you know on their level and ways that they can help and they get they're really proud of that too which is fun yeah, to see for sure do you have any other favorite you mentioned pesto uh do you have any other favorite healthy dishes or like little snacks that you like to co-create with them um i'm really lucky because my kids are not picky eaters and i don't know if that's something that um was like a nature or a nurture thing um i don't know i mean just this isn't really like a specific thing, but I like to just make sure there's a lot of color on their plates. I think that's something that um, is just like a general good rule of thumb. Um, I've never been one to like separate the kids' plates. I usually let them mix things up and <laughs> yeah. taste different combinations of things, which I think has made them less picky probably. Um, they eat what we eat, which I think also is kind of a nice rule of thumb to expose them to a lot of different things. It's not like I make a separate meal for the kids. For sure. uh, I don't know, things that I like to make with them. It's not a healthy meal, but they love spaghetti and meatballs. That's what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Wow. Their favorites. So. I remember, yeah, they. it's really cool to see that too. Like they, right, can, you know, I think some families may, not, not talking smack about this, but like, right, that idea of a full separate sort of toned down meal for the, for the kids where I think I was over last time we were over your younger one was really eating, eating things like beets and all these different things and super into it. Love beets. <laughs> love beets. Yeah. <laughs> beets, really cool. eat it with the goat cheese. It's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm always amazed because you don't know until you try. I mean, that's true of all of us, but um, I always encourage them to have one bite of something whatever it is, even if yeah. they don't like the look of it or something. Right. So often, you know, the older one now will kind of be like, she'll have the smile on her face because she said she wasn't going to like it, but then she clearly does, you know, <laughs> and 
like <laughs> yeah the internal battle of do i do i you know and tell mom that i enjoy i want another bite exactly yeah 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 <laughs> very cool i i um yeah it's it's really cool the the bandy household and all the cooking and all the creativity and stuff and so we've been talking a lot about you know your your relationship with your kids at, in terms of screen time and stuff but i'm curious to ask you know, what are some of your biggest challenges as an in, as an individual with with screen time and or technology and in your in your partnership uh, with Riley um, or challenges and successes around that? Just stepping away from the, the motherhood thing for a second. Um, I mean, I think just being able to like separate from it is really hard, especially because we both are working and there are lots of different like things that come in around the clock um, right. where it feels like you're always having to like stay on top of things. I mean, in reality, it's like there are certain periods of time where nothing is going to break, you know, um, if we're not checking in for a couple hours. And I do think just like being able to have a time when we're not like on our phones is important. <laughs> that was good. That was great timing. Perfect. Um, we're pretty big on no phones at the dinner table. So we try to eat yeah. dinner together every single night. And that is a time when we're not like, we're definitely not plugged in. Yeah. Um, and the kids I think are in that habit too. So, um, not that they have phones, but just like, they're not used to seeing us on our phones at that time, which is sort of like a special time for us, you know? Um, and I hope we can continue that. I know things are going to get so much more busy um as the kids get older but yeah I think that's the biggest challenge is just being able to step away from it and um and not feel like where it's like missing out on something or, right. or with the news or maybe it's like kind of the journalist in me but um that's kind of like a dynamic you know 24-hour cycle that doesn't really stop at any time right. so yeah uh, most of what I do now is like much more project based, but um, some of those old habits die hard, I think. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And that's, yeah, I think we're all dealing with it. It's, it's hard to step away, whether it's the news or yeah, just the, the, the FOMO. It's real, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like during the pandemic, we're all kind of looking for something. Um, right. And so it's just a place to turn where it's like, <laughs> what else is going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Hey, uh, a bit of a distraction. Totally. Yeah. That, uh, I hear you on that. Um, I wanted to ask too, so I mentioned this before, but a lot of the people that we work with are a little bit older and I'm just curious to hear like, you know, do you have any particular like hopes or aspirations for, for your daughters as they get a little older and sort of enter the, the teenage years in terms of their relationship with, I guess, with both technology and nature? Um, I hope the pendulum swings back away from so much social media. I know that's just so challenging for parents of older kids um, and being so, you know, plugged into these networks where things are followed almost in real time. Um, yeah, I hope it's cool to not be, you know, on your phone all day by the time my kids are a little bit older. <laughs> I, I think probably yeah. visual thinking. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I think I see, I see with some of the folks we work with that. I mean, there's, there's traces of that. I think out, you know, just kind of questioning, what is this all about? But yeah, I, I, I hope that too. I mean, there are also just like, like real challenges around 
one thing, for example, that I've thought about is we don't have a landline anymore. So right. how will my kids make plans with their friends if right. when I was growing up, you know, someone would call and ask to talk to me and <laughs> and there would be an answering machine, you know, for our family. And so that, I mean, maybe that's something that we just need to like do again is like get a landline, but it's, you know, how do you kind of slow that process down of kids on phones and having phones um, and enable them to kind of like be kids without so much technology at their fingertips? Totally. I think that's a real tension with, you know, parents of, of teens or tweens or whatever, when it, when it's that the tension of uh, wanting to hold those boundaries, but then also not wanting them to miss out on social things and, and to be a part of what, you know, whether it's like a text chat or learning about so-and-so's party or whatever. It's a, that's a really tough thing to, to work with. Yeah. Right. Not wanting to limit them, but also not wanting it to be so much for them um, yeah. to manage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, Liz, lots of wonderful information already. And I want to, so we like, you may know this, but we like to do some sort of a nature unplugged challenge with the podcast or like a, you know, a tip, a challenge thing to, that, that listeners can put into practice right away. So we were thinking it would be cool to do a nature unplugged Mother's Day edition challenge. And so I was wondering if you had any, any like tangible or actionable things. I think you've mentioned a lot of these already, but that, uh, one, or, one thing that, that families could do together uh, on Mother's Day in particular. Anything come to mind for you? I think all the moms would love it if whatever you're doing on Mother's Day, you leave your phone in the car. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You do something in nature, go out to brunch. You know, for us, like I mentioned, the dinner table is kind of like a sacred place and we always have family dinners together. Um, it's kind of like, you guys would call it a phone, like a phone free zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Find a place for your phone and spend time with your mom. Um, without those types of distractions, I think it would be kind of eye opening and fun, especially for those of us who tend to be pretty plugged in. I love it. Liz, thank you so much. That is a great tip. So whatever you do, regardless of what it is, brunch an outing phones in the car, or leave your phones <laughs> at home what, as much as you can. Thank you very much. That's a great tip. I love it. Do you all have any, or maybe it's a secret. Do you all have any plans for Mother's Day this this year? It's coming up. It's a I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I think there is some some type of little surprise in the works, but um, luckily the kids have been, I don't know, lip sealed. They haven't spilled it yet. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay. There's something in the mix, I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, Liz, thank you so much. Maybe, I was just thinking this, maybe we could have Riley on for Father's Day. There you go. Just like, yeah, get the uh, the other side of the partnership in the mix. Well, Liz, I really appreciate you taking the time from your very busy schedule, both with work and parenting and motherhood and all, all the different things that you do, cooking, wonderful things. Uh, thanks so much for, for taking the time to be on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, looking forward to the next uh, hangout, Devil's Tennis, perhaps soon. Looking forward <laughs> to getting into it. Can't wait. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Nature Unplugged podcast. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, basically wherever you want to get your podcasts. If you could take a moment to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely appreciated. 
And be sure and check out www.natureunplugged.com. We actually, Liz, this is interesting. We relaunched the website actually just now. So kind of a new look, rebranding. So check it out for upcoming workshops, coaching, presentations, retreats, things like that. New website, check it out. And of course, you can find more detailed show notes on our website. Well, that'll do it. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next time. And in the meantime, remember to experience nature unplugged, especially this Mother's Day. Things change like seasons out of our control. If you think you should go, I will let you go